Welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Janet Nakano. Most of you probably consider getting an MBA after establishing a solid work history, but many top business schools are sending the message that a lengthy resume isn't necessary. They say you can apply earlier, much, much earlier. How about just after one or two years on the job? What about applying in your senior year in college or even your junior year? The top-ranked business schools are showing a trend of admitting the youngest candidates. We'll find out why that is and if you should consider applying earlier. We'll hear from admissions committee members from Harvard and Wharton, two schools reaching out to the younger demographic. We'll also hear from the dean at the Olin School at Babson College, where work experience is still highly valued. And a recruiter tells us what he thinks about these extra young MBA grads. This is MBA Podcaster. Stay tuned to the rest of the program after a brief word from our sponsor. Support for MBA Podcaster comes from Manhattan GMAT, the world's largest GMAT exclusive test preparation provider. Developed by Ivy League education professionals and continually updated to reflect current trends, Manhattan GMAT's advanced curriculum goes beyond teaching the tricks and focuses on in-depth content understanding in addition to GMAT-specific strategy. All programs are taught by highly trained and experienced instructors with GMAT scores in the 99th percentile, a 760 or better out of 800. Visit manhattangmat.com/mbapodcaster to explore programs. Options, including comprehensive nine-session courses, private tutoring, one-day workshops, and a two-week intensive boot camp. MBA podcaster listeners will receive a $100 discount on Manhattan GMAT programs by using the code Podcaster when enrolling for a complete course. Visit manhattangmat.com/mbapodcaster to enroll and receive your discount. Manhattan GMAT, the new standard in GMAT preparation. The plan to admit younger, less experienced students was sparked by a variety of reasons. The drop in applications to full-time MBA programs was one motivation. Some schools relax the work requirement to attract minorities and women. Britt Dewey is managing director of admissions at Harvard Business School. She says Harvard admits based on academic ability and leadership potential, and some candidates show these qualities early on. Our perspective is that here at HBS, we have had a tradition, you know, going back decades of taking great folks earlier in their careers. But what had happened with kind of a proliferation of MBA programs and increased competition to get into great schools. There was this perception that you know more experience is better, and that the longer you wait, the better positioned you are to go to business school. So if you went to a college campus and said, "Okay, how many of you are thinking of graduate school?" and you and you surveyed folks and said, "Okay, the ones who are interested in law school, when are you guys going to go?" Probably half of them thought about going right out of college. You know, certainly to medical school, I think the majority of folks are going right out of college. But when you ask them, "When would you think of going to business school?" What we heard most frequently was, "Well, you, know, you can't go to business school right out of college. There's a work requirement, or, you know, for whatever reasons, people sometimes couldn't even explain, but just said, 'No, you know, what we've heard around the grapevine is that you should think about going to business school with, you know, X years of experience, which, again, in our perspective, is not accurate. 
it's not kind of how long you've been out of school or how long you've been on the planet. It's about the quality of the experiences that you've had with the time that you've had. And so through our uh, evaluation and selection process, we're really keenly focused on you know, what have you done with your time as opposed to how long you've been working. Thomas Khalil is director of MBA admissions and financial aid at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. He says since 1935, Wharton has been accepting submatriculants or undergraduates who are accepted in their junior year and earn a bachelor's and MBA in five years. As recently as the 1970s, about over 40% of our incoming class came directly from undergrad. Khalil says over time, the average age to go for an MBA drifted up to 28. He says, but business leaders in the community began to express concern for certain groups like underrepresented minorities and women, where an MBA at 28 might interfere with career tracks or family plans. Khalil says so Wharton decided to give the younger candidates a chance. We came out this year with a very strongly worded message that we were encouraging students coming in what we call our early career initiative, uh, which is zero to four years of work experience, primarily zero to two years of work experience. And we've done presentations at historically black colleges and universities, uh, top-tier universities in the United States, uh, such as Princeton, University of Pennsylvania. We've reached out to various groups, uh, for example, uh, young women's professional groups like 85 Broads. And we've said to them, if the time is right for you, we would welcome your application. Mark Rice is dean at the Olin School of Business of Babson College. Unlike Wharton and Harvard, the Olin School has a two-year minimum work requirement. While Rice says he understands the trend toward younger students, the Olin School is still committed to the idea that some amount of work experience is important. I often tell Babson undergraduate students that would like to come back for a Babson one-year MBA that they need to go get the work experience. And the reason is, if they don't have it, they're having the discussion about marketing or about finance or about operations or organizational issues in the MBA, not in a different way than they would be having them as as an undergraduate. That is, you know, marketing is still marketing. Finance is still finance. The advantage of waiting until you have some work experience really comes into play in the level of discussion that occurs in the classroom. You know, when your average number of years work experience in the classroom is five or six, uh, ranging from two to, let's say, ten, then the discussions can be so much richer, particularly the case discussions, because people can say, well, here's how it worked in my company or here's how it works in my industry. And the learning, therefore, is much richer than you will get, in in a sense, in a pure academic classroom. But they may be learning uh, a whole lot more from those people that have had, you know, three or four jobs when they've only had one. That doesn't mean that their experience in the one job isn't a valuable part of the discussion. They still can say, you know, in my company or in my industry, this is the way it works. So they bring value, but they don't have, clearly don't have the depth of experience as someone who has eight or ten years uh, a work experience. Khalil, on the other hand, says the extra young MBA students can bring a fresh, different perspective. They are eager to learn, they study very hard, and they do contribute to the discussion. It's a different contribution than someone who can raise their hand and say, well, I've started three businesses, or, well, I ran sales for IBM in you know, Beijing for two years. They bring an enthusiasm and a fresh perspective And some of them also bring some interesting summer experience. So 
to me, it's a component of diversity within the classroom. It's a diversity of opinion. It's a diversity of perspective. And they are integrated very well into our cohort system. Their opinions are valued. They are valuable members of the community. So they actually do quite well. And also, you know, life is changing. If you look at college graduates these days, they've done a lot more with their lives than college graduates may have done 10, 15 years ago. They are, you know, doing real internships. They're traveling the world. They're starting businesses while they're in school. They're building and leading organizations on campus. So these are, are bright, focused, energetic. You know, they're not spending their summer on the beach having fun, uh, which is a great way to spend the summer, by the way. But, um, you know, they're, they're actually doing things. They're trying to make a difference. And so why not bring them up and, and add that diverse uh, opinion to the class? Harvard's Britt Dewey says reaching out to younger candidates broadens and diversifies a class. But also without a strict work requirement, she says they can catch outstanding undergraduates that they might otherwise miss. They may be successful in their roles, their employers see it, want to keep them, be progressing. And so, you know, actually leaving all that and then, you know, paying the cost of going to a full-time program would just you know, the value proposition is, is, uh, is tougher to consider than it is earlier. And then also we are, as a school, very interested in increasing the pipeline of qualified women applying to Harvard Business School, you know, certainly for everybody, but I think as you're considering, you know, life ch- chapters, life stages, it is a little less complicated to think about a two-year full-time investment in school, you know, earlier in your career from a personal professional perspective if you're thinking of a family of different kind of career moves than you know, maybe after you're five, six, seven, eight years out. And you have some other issues to consider at the same time. Young MBA students are still few and far between. Last year, Dewey says Harvard admitted about 20 students right out of college, more than most business schools. But currently at Wharton, only one or two students are in the program with little to no formal work experience. And although Wharton wants that number to increase, Khalil says there won't be any major changes. There is not going to be a wholesale shift of the curve here. This is a component of diversity. In two years, we will not be having a conversation saying, now that the average age at Wharton is 23 years old, this is another component of diversity we're looking to increase. There's no set level we're trying to increase it to. There's no quota, but we're trying to increase that representation. So if we get a batch of outstanding applications, we'll admit more. If we don't have enough outstanding candidates to bring in in that cohort, that number will be lower that year. Certainly, these extra young MBA applicants have to be extraordinary. Even though they may not have your typical work experience, they've gained experience nonetheless. Wharton's Thomas Khalil. If we have an applicant, for example, that's maybe written a book and gotten that published, that's tremendous experience. Could you classify that as work experience? Maybe, maybe not or maybe they've started an undergraduate woman in business organization and grown that to 600 people over their time in undergrad. That's real leadership. As in with all our candidates, we're looking for an ability to take a risk. We're looking for people who are not afraid to do things they're passionate about and really make a difference. And so that's why, you know, there is no formula. You know, is two years of investment banking critical? It depends on the person. Is two years in the Peace Corps advantageous? It depends on the person. Graduating without any real work experience does pose challenges in the job market. Most recruiters say they look for those with four to five years experience, preferably in their industries. 
The Yeoman School's Mark Rice says graduating young might jumpstart your career, but you'll still need to work your way up. We hear from recruiters; they understand that when a person has an MBA, they have a reason to expect that they've learned what they need to learn in order to graduate. And then beyond that, through their due diligence, through their interview process, through their reference checking, you know what they determine is: so what else does this person bring to the table? And you know, years of experience count. And so, if you have less years' work experience as an MBA graduate, you should expect to get a lower starting salary. If you have more years of work experience, chances are you're going to get a higher starting salary. You may start out at a higher level in the organization if you have more years' work experience.、Uh, you know, if you come out of an MBA program at age, let's say, 26, with only two years' work experience under your belt. Sure, you won't be starting out in an entry-level job, but it won't be that much beyond that.、And、the good news is the marketplace understands very well that the person getting an MBA at age 22 or 24 is going to be very different from the person getting an MBA at age 35 or 40. While some recruiters would prefer experienced and mature MBA graduates, that's not the case at this company. Robert Fuchs is vice president of human resources at EchoStar Communications, a provider of satellite television. At EchoStar, he says young and energetic MBA graduates are just what the company likes. It's a very entrepreneurial, fast-paced company, and we are in one of the biggest competitive landscapes out there, being pay TV, video, broadband. Very competitive between Direct TV, our competition, as well as、uh, the cable providers. Today, there's really not a training ground for people to come into our environment because we're, we're basically defining the industry as we go along, and it continues to change and evolve. So, really, what we're looking for is we're looking for potential. We're looking for people that have intelligence, a high need to achieve, and a lot of energy to help us compete, be innovative. And help us to continue to be a leader in the pay TV market. And what we have found is, is that when we get a group of people like this hired and kind of into our culture, they thrive and they really work collaboratively. And they are asking what if and why and let's try this. And they're typically, you know, pretty in tune to what's going on out there. That maybe、uh, someone like myself, who's, who's been doing this for a little while. May not be in tune to anymore. So, getting that young perspective has been very positive.、Um, mind you, of course, you know we'll hire anybody at all levels、um, and experience levels. But certainly,、um, we're not afraid to go after the MBA grad who who basically does not have that experience. Taking a leap ahead by applying to business school earlier rather than later isn't easy and isn't for everyone. Rice says the ideal time to get an MBA really depends on you. For the person who has really plotted out their life path and has a clear idea of when they're going to want to have children or when they're going to want to be in a different kind of work mode as opposed to a full-time professional mode, you know, then you can start to say, well, for me, when's the best time to get an MBA? You can also ask the question: Should I get an MBA on a full-time basis? Or should I get an MBA on a part-time basis? It may make sense for some of you to get on the MBA track early on, but don't expect any slack from the admissions committee. Harvard's Britt Dewey says the extra young candidates will have to meet the same standards as the older ones. The two things we're really looking for in our process are academic ability, 
And in that way, you know, someone applying right out of college is no different from someone who's applying four years out. We're going to try to assess your, you know, undergraduate transcript, how well you've done in the GMAT, kind of the rigor, the analytical, the intellectual, the quantitative rigor of your work. You know, obviously with people who've been out in the workforce, we think about what you've been doing on the job uh, in a way that we don't have that chance with the, the college senior, but they've had summer internships. And then we're looking, again, for leadership potential. So for the person who's been working for a while or the person applying right out of college, the board starts considering, you know, from the time you set foot on an undergraduate campus, what options have you had, what opportunities have you pursued, and why, what experiences have you had, either in formal roles or in informal roles as a leader, what have you done, what have you learned from these experiences. And so, you know, frankly, we have to relatively gauge the opportunity set that a college senior has had as opposed to what a tenure-out person has had, but what we're looking for is potential. Support for MBA Podcaster comes from Manhattan GMAT, the world's largest GMAT-exclusive test preparation provider. Developed by Ivy League education professionals and continually updated to reflect current trends, Manhattan GMAT's advanced curriculum goes beyond teaching the tricks and focuses on in-depth content understanding in addition to GMAT-specific strategy. All programs are taught by highly trained and experienced instructors, with GMAT scores in the 99th percentile, a 760 or better out of 800. Visit ManhattanGMAT.com slash MBA podcaster to explore program options, including comprehensive nine-session courses, private tutoring, one-day workshops, and a two-week intensive boot camp. MBA podcaster listeners will receive a $100 discount on Manhattan GMAT programs by using the code podcaster when enrolling for a complete course. Visit ManhattanGMAT.com slash MBA podcaster to enroll and receive your discount. Manhattan GMAT, the new standard in GMAT preparation. For more information, advice, and to register for your weekly MBA podcast, visit MBAPodcaster.com. I'm Janet Nakano, and this is MBA Podcaster. Thanks for listening, and join us next time when we discuss the possibilities of changing careers while pursuing a part-time MBA.